Hello, welcome to the Living Open podcast for mystics and seekers. I'm your host, Erin. I'm a Philly-based healing artist, and this is a podcast to support your healing journey. Welcome to another episode of the Living Open Podcast. Today's episode is on art as ritual and creative magic with Lauren Schwind. I've known Lauren for years now in Philly, so it was pretty cool to have her on the show and also to be interviewed on her podcast um, a few weeks ago as well. Um, Lauren uses she, her pronouns and she does really amazing work supporting creative folks with artistic blocks or wounds to move through those barriers and into their authentic flow. She used to be an art teacher and makes truly beautiful art, um, and her work is really centered on helping folks shift their relationships with art in both magical and tangible ways, creating practices that support intuitive connection and overall mental health, and really empowering authentic creativity for individuals and collective healing. So in this episode, we talk about Lauren's journey with art and creativity and spirituality, working through artistic wounds, taking the pressure off of making art, why we get blocked from feeling blocked from getting messy, (laughs) creative and curious, Um, making art under capitalism, feeding our creativity, creating an art practice that supports your mental health and connection to yourself and intuition, unlearning toxic new age beliefs, how affirmations can be supportive without being spiritually bypassy, and a lot about the process of creating her Big Feelings coloring book, which is now available on Kickstarter. I ordered my copy. I would highly encourage you to check it out and get a copy as well for you or a friend or even a little one in your life. Um, I think it's really important and amazing to support um, independent artists and help these projects get made. So if it resonates with you, definitely check it out. Um, And I do have one announcement, maybe two announcements, (laughs) before we get into the conversation real quick. I just want to say that I have been revisioning Holy while I've been sort of taking a break from facilitating it. And if you're not familiar, Holy is the reclamation circle that I have run several seasons um, for folks who are working on healing and reclaiming um, their spirituality, their connection to themselves, etc., etc., from dogmatic religion. Um, And while we've been on hiatus, I've been revisioning what holy is going to look like and feel like, so it's not going to be happening soon, but I did want to put together a wait list um, so I can sort of gauge interest and so you can be notified when it is, when it is coming back. Um, so yeah, the waitlist link is in the description. It is not a commitment or a requirement to do anything. It's just an indicator of your interest in being notified when Holy is available. It's just your name and email, so super simple. Um, If you're interested, that's in the description for you. And also, Moonsign, my own creative project, poetry collection, big gay feelings, poetry book, (laughs) is out for regular order um, on May 20th so super soon stay tuned i'm really excited to share it with you all who didn't get 
pre-order it and for it just to be like out in the world in a larger way. Um, so the link to that is, is in the description as well. Okay. Please enjoy this conversation with Lauren. I hope you do. I hope it inspires you to create, to think about your relationship with art, um, and maybe even to make a mess. I think that would probably make both of us really happy if you're inspired to make a weird artsy mess, <laughs> a weird creative mess from this episode. So enjoy. I always like to start the podcast by hearing about your journey. So I'd love to hear anything you want to share about your journey with art and creativity and spirituality. Mm, okay. So it's kind of hard to say where to start because it's kind of been a very long journey. Um, so I guess to kind of focus on where I am now and the work that I'm specifically doing um, really started when I was teaching in Northern Philadelphia and specifically my last year of teaching, which was mostly online. Mm -hmm. Um my third year of teaching, I had the opportunity to um, kind of take on a separate but equal role where I wasn't just teaching art alone anymore, but I was um, working with another teacher in the building named uh, Jade, who is an amazing SEL teacher. And the opportunity was to not just teach art anymore, but to teach art infused SEL. Mm -hmm. And for people who don't know what SEL is, it stands for social emotional learning. So SEL is a lot around emotional regulation about being able to identify your feelings as well as how to regulate them, which is an amazing thing for kids to be learning. And so this opportunity almost felt like you know, in the middle of a pandemic, we're teaching online. I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to teach five classes a week, art online alone. I was like, this content is going to run through like nobody's business. So when I learned that I would have the opportunity to teach SEL infused art, I was like, oh my gosh, let's do it. One, I'm working with another teacher instead of in my own bubble, which was really great, but also very limiting. You don't get anyone to kind of co-create with. And a lot of art teachers go through that. So in connecting with this amazing teacher who um, was very into art herself, she was really excited to co-create with me. We worked on lesson plans together. I learned a lot about SEL content from her and as I began teaching this content and integrating art with it, I really, it was like opening Pandora's box. It was like, this is something so pivotally like magical. I could see how it was supported for my students, especially in this space of, um, the space of transition with online learning. Like we had started it at the tail end of the year prior and it really wasn't successful um, for the most part. It was really strained, really difficult. And so this year we really wanted to set up with something that was really cohesive, really supportive for the students. And I thought it was really powerful that SEL art was the option and that we were going to co-create. Like it was super powerful. 
And as I was doing that work with my students, it became like, I just kept having this voice in my head that was like, adults need this. Grown folks need this, like social, emotional learning for adults. And I think a lot of it was because I was interacting with people online more than ever and finding that one, we all need more emotional regulation as we're talking to each other because we are becoming more and more inundated in our own worlds and need to be more loving, be more understanding, or at least have more open conversations so that we can bridge gaps that are naturally happening because of our, um, our little bubbles. It's part of what we need to just continue being people with each other. And so as I was doing this work, um, I started formulating, okay, how can I bring this to more people in a different way? And so as I was um, formulating this for adults, that's where I came to doing my work art as ritual. Um, because I art can be a great way to regulate. It can be a great way to explore our emotions. And this is something I've always noticed in my classroom kids kind of exploring their very physical abilities in art, but their emotional landscapes as well. Mm -hmm. And so once we did come back into the classroom and I was working with children in person with the SEL infused art, it really just stamped it out for me even more seeing my kids. um, In one example, I saw a kid getting frustrated he was trying to draw a car and I could see him getting frustrated. And so he put his fingers together like this and took a big deep breath in with his eyes closed and a nice exhale out. And I was like, this is such magic that I just witnessed right here from this one kid, like emotionally checking in with himself, like a third grader, just emotionally regulating himself so that he can continue trying. And so eventually that's what I started doing with art as ritual. And it's really been a tool as I've been formulating it, inspired by other artists and different workshops and magic and and different wisdoms um, from artists around me, from my co-teacher, Jade, like from these really wise people being able to create my own space of support for folks and really using art as a spiritual tool that Mm -hmm. I've been seeing a lot of people work through specifically artistic wounds and a lot of artists specifically who like myself has had deep woundings from higher education or just wounding from um, trying to find their way in this capitalistic world while using art. (laughs) It's like, not always the most um, smooth life in trying to create with your heart's purpose while also trying to survive in a capitalistic world. So that's kind of how I got into the work right now. Um, And yeah, that's kind of what has really helped me using art in that way. but using art as that tool 
to just like ground ourselves or come back to ourselves and not judging the art that we make because it's not about the product. We're focused on the process and processing emotions, processing wounds, and using our emotional regulating tools of breath or journaling to support us through the process. Yeah. I always say that when I talk about poetry, about how much writing poetry helps me process and feel. And it's like, it's not just making art, like it's also a healing experience. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel so grateful for that. And um, what you said about that little kid just made my heart feel so big. (laughs) It was so good. I was like, is this really happening? Like a third grader, like kids can be like, they're very emotional beings because they're learning. They're learning how to be people and like seeing a person, like a kid learning how to be a person in that moment in the most healthy way. I was like, is anyone else seeing this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. That makes me think of when me and my partner were babysitting my friend's kid, my godson, like a month or two ago. Um, and my friend went off and left us with her baby who's actually turning two. Um, mm. But uh, so not quite a baby anymore. <laughs> But he brought us over to the bookshelf and he grabbed his little meditation book. It's like baby's meditation book. And he wanted us to read it to him. And we were like, oh, okay, sure. Of course. And we're reading him this little baby meditation book and he's doing it. It's like baby takes a deep breath and we're hearing it. He's like, he's not even two years old. And he's like, and then we realized later, like he was feeling stressed because his mom had left, but she had given him tools and he mm. is a baby. And he was like, you guys don't know what to do, but I know what to do. And I know oh. I need this book and this breathing. And it was incredible. It was so sweet and lovely. So yeah, kids are magic. <laughs> they really are. And I think what's What kind of has supported me, one thing that I truly learned and I'm so thankful for from my time in teaching is the same compassion we give children. What I've noticed and just like, whether it's children or adults, the truth is we're all like kids that either didn't learn to regulate are like struggling to work through that regulation that wasn't a lot like we weren't given early in our lives. And so learning to give kids so much more leeway and like compassion has really helped me give more adults compassion because the more I would see certain like behaviors in my students, the more I could see those same behaviors in myself or in other relationships. And so it was like, I I started realizing like a lot of this work is also just inner child work. Like us Mm -hmm. regulating is inner child work because it's like our own little beings are, are screaming for attention or support. And we just don't know like how to do it yet, but it's, it's amazing to me. It's like, there's going to be a whole generation that is so much more prepared. (laughs) Like a two-year-old is prepared by doing (laughs) meditation. I'm like, I have so much more hope in our future seeing that now. (laughs) Like, yeah. uh, That sounds so beautiful. 
That gives me so much hope too. And mm-hmm. I think so many things can be inner child healing. Like I feel like taking care of my cat little try is inner child healing and like mm-hmm. just meeting her needs and being sweet to her and like not yelling at her when she does stuff. And I'm like, please don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just like be treating her like the way that I would treat any kid or any person, but it feels really special and sweet when I'm like her caretaker. Mm-hmm. 100%. And I'm like, um, like, as you're saying that I'm seeing her little head pop up in the <laughs> background too. Like <laughs> she, <laughs> she loves it over there. It's like, this is about me. <laughs> it is about you. <laughs> I keep that drawer open for her at all times now because oh, she's not getting in it. It's <laughs> so beautiful. Yeah, she's perfect. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> I love that connection to inner child healing because that is also um in my sessions a lot, is like being no- like notice how you parent yourself. Mm-hmm. by how you talk to yourself when you're making art and remember that your inner artist might be your inner child. So remember mm-hmm. to be softer. Remember that your inner parent is trying to protect you, but doesn't need to in this moment. And I think mm-hmm. if we remember that that voice is just inner parenting us, that also helps us like that inner child work. I'm like really thankful for this um, work that I'm doing now. Cause the more I work with folks, the more I'm realizing about myself, like these truths about the, my inner dialogue, my inner critic is really just who parented me growing up and is trying to keep me safe from the world. And it's like, when we start to recognize that it's like, it's okay. Inner mom or dad, like you, you're not like, I'm, I'm a grown folk now. Like, thank you for trying to help me but baby has grown up. Baby's going to play in the paint. Baby's <laughs> going to make something that's kind of ugly. And that's okay right now. Cause that's not actually, it's not actually harmful. And so it's like, I don't know, that's been a big part of my learning as a teacher, but also as like a, a person who's trying to support other artists is like recognizing those patterns within myself and each other mm-hmm. of like, Oh, not everything is such high stakes. A mm-hmm. scribble can be a scribble. Like it's really liberating. I feel that so much. That's one of my like favorite things is just to make bad in quotes art, just like mm-hmm. ugly art, messy art, whatever. Cause it's, I feel like there's something about that. That's just orienting towards like, this feels good right now in this moment. And I don't care mm-hmm. about what it looks like or who might see it later like this is just for me and this is just like whatever wants to pour out and whatever feels good and that feels so much better than being like hmm let me make this look in a certain way or good or perfect or I don't know (laughs) right and I feel like I've seen like your paint off to the side like in Instagram stories and whatnot and I've Mm -hmm. like in the past I've been like why don't I see Aaron's art? But the more I like thought about it, the more I was like, are we even like, like, do we have to show everything that we make? And like, that was like a pretty big realization where it's like, oh yeah, not everything is Instagram. Not everything is for like the content to be uh, just in process and like absorbed, which can be a really hard thing for a lot of like, 
quote unquote professional artists as it's like, if you make it, it must go online. (laughs) If you make it, you need to upload it. Cause if you don't share, who's going to know that you exist. And it's like, oh yeah, that's right. I don't just exist in this plane. I don't just exist to be observed and like consumed Mm -hmm. as a creator or a person. It's like, oh yeah, I can just like make something to feel good in this moment. And I thought like, yeah, once realizing that as I was questioning, like, why don't I see Aaron's art? I was like, are we all like supposed to see each other's art? Maybe we're not. Like, <laughs> maybe that's a radical thing that I just hadn't considered, which is like so funny to think about. Yeah. I love that so much. That's like exactly it. I love doing painting stuff and drawing and collage. And I mean, I'm not doing it every day or all the time or anything, but I do love doing that stuff. And there's no part of me that's like wants to share it or is good at it. I'm like, this is just for me because it feels good and is like creative play. It's not like, Mm. yeah, I took a painting and drawing class over the fall. Actually, that was amazing. And it was so cool. And I was felt really rooted into my intentions of like, this is something that I feel curious about exploring. And I'm not trying to like learn how to paint in a certain way or be good at painting, but I'm, I think this will be fun and I want more skills. And mm. it really did that. It was so much fun and it helped me see things in such a different way, um, like light and shape, which was really cool and interesting. Um, and I was like, yeah, this is what it is. I'm not going to like become a painter now professionally. I just, um, it's just a play, like another way to express like my creativity. That is so incredibly valid. And I, I love hearing that because I feel like, and this is actually, it really has, that thought has shifted me a lot. And Mm -hmm. sometimes in rituals, I will share with people go into this not thinking you need to share it because as I used to teach at painting with a twist, which is the most mm-hmm. consumerist like painting classes of all time. Um, and something I reflected on when I wasn't seeing your art was remembering my students in those classes who would be taking selfies and taking like pictures of their work in progress, so happy and so like in the moment. And then all of a sudden seeing that same artist, that same person making the shift of not being happy anymore. And it was because Mm -hmm. they could no longer, they no longer felt comfortable documenting because it's quote unquote, not cute anymore, or they Mm. ruined it. And of course, in that setting, I would say you could never ruin a painting because Literally, you can't. It's never ruined. You can always just keep painting. Even if you, like in that moment in time in my career, I was like, you can't ruin a painting. And I literally remember saying that to one of the artists in one of my classes, a painting with a twist. And I said that, and one of the participants took their their, uh, canvas and pointed it up to me. And it was just smears of color because they were so frustrated and mad with the process. And I was like, okay, never mind. <laughs> you hit the limit Aww. here. But in that setting, you can't really get the point across of like, this is fun. This is not because it's a very consumerist sort of paint class. You don't, it's almost like, well, this is the hashtag. Make sure you're using it when you're posting on Instagram that you're doing all this thing. And it's like, 
not everything is for everyone's consumption. Some of it's just for your mental health. And that's like so valid, but it's very, it's like an unlearning process of our society that is like very profound that you don't share your art. It's like, (laughs) that's a, a magical thing. It's like, no one has to know but you. And that's so special. Yeah. And I think, I I don't think I've ever done painting with a twist, but in my head, it's very like goal oriented painting. Like there's oh, yes. a painting you're supposed to make. Um, is that mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So that feels really different. Just like in general, the framework of it is like not, um, yeah, I feel like that feels less fun and less expansive. <laughs> it's very, it's fascinating from going to that, from that to painting in education for like children and then being where I'm at, I feel like I've seen very different sides of what an art class can look like. And it's just like, I'm very thankful for it because ultimately I learned a lot, but I also learned a lot of what is not healthy for us in an art practice. Um, because in those in different spaces and, it's, and even with children, the same reactions of adults getting frustrated and just scribbling all over because they're mad. It's another inner child thing. I would see that in my classroom, kids tearing mm-hmm. up their paper and being like really huffy in the moment. And it comes back to this idea of the goal being, I have to make a certain thing. And if I don't make a a certain way, I can't enjoy my practice. Mm -hmm. And so that has been a really big um, red flag lesson for myself when I'm trying to facilitate um, art spaces now to to help ensure that that frustration is not happening with people, because that's what really blocks us from feeling really empowered to get messy or creative Mm -hmm. or just like more curious because if something goes wrong, quote unquote wrong, because I like to frame it as every mistake is an invitation to try something different, like trying (laughs) to embody that Bob Ross, there's no mistakes, only happy accidents. And so helping people engage in that. I used to play Bob Ross for my kids in the classroom. Um, sometimes just to have a calming presence in the room, like softly talking about art while the kids were working. I was like, this is what we need. Remember friends? He said, there's no (laughs) mistakes, only happy accidents. But even as children, it's like really hard for us to unlearn that, um, that it's not process all the time. It can just, or it's not product all the time. It can be just process. Mm -hmm. I think that with so many things, I feel like I don't know, social media and just like the way that connection happens online is like everything is supposed to be so simplified and bite-sized and complete and fully formed. And that feels so sad to me because it's not Mm. real life. I don't know, like I think real life is all about process and process is like what makes up our whole lives. Those end moments are like so, so not the point to me. Mm -hmm. Um, and I feel like having an art practice that reflects that feels really good. And that's not to say like, you can never make things or like fully formed things. Like that's cool too. Um, 
But I think for me, being in process with whatever it is I'm making and not so oriented towards what it's going to become makes space for like creativity to move and magic to happen. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I deeply agree with that because also the end goals are always so fleeting. <laughs> it's only just a moment. Like yeah. having that finished product is just a moment in time. And so it almost feels like we're chasing a high. Like we like felt so good in that one time that we got however many likes on this one image that it can be really, um, and I've talked to a few, I've been seeing so many artists specifically struggling with um, spaces like Instagram because it's so inconsistent and it's so hard to ensure that you're consistently creating or getting the validation, quote unquote, that you want to get um, because that validation tends to equal into art sales and like support for your financial life. So having any time to create that is not focused on that end goal becomes a little bit more difficult because every moment you're creating feels like I have to monetize. I have to make a sticker with this. I have to Mm. make a product with this. And I say that for myself included, where I have to remind myself all the time, if I'm making something and it's not cute, it's not Instagrammable, that it wasn't a waste of my time. It was just an experience. It doesn't have to be seen or known. It just has to exist for me in the moment. Um, But that's really hard these days to just acknowledge that because if you're bread and butter comes from your store, your sales of your, your products, your creative gifts. I can really zap the fun out of what you do. And it's like, then we get to the burnout. Then we get to the creative blocks because we're too afraid of making a mistake. And it's like, Oh, this is where we can make some huge changes by doing the play, by getting your hands messy and not caring about what it looks like. Yeah, I think it was Elizabeth Gilbert in Big Magic, maybe, but who says something about not putting pressure on what you love to pay your bills. Mm. And the more that I have done that, the more I'm like, there's really something to it. Yeah, there's really something to it. That resonates so heavy. I'm I'm reading that book right now. And so far, everything I've read in that book, I'm like, damn, that's real. I'm wanting to reread it. I haven't read it in years, but I always like, I still hold a lot from it. I feel like I can pull out quotes and moments from that book still like four years later, whenever it came out. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm wanting to reread it also. (laughs) Yeah, no, that there's, I feel like the universal feels when I like talk to creatives, especially like right now for the podcast, it's like, I'm having a lot of conversations and what's really interesting about the pandemic is the conversations that I'm having with artists is some are working on projects, but a lot of creative people right now, I feel like are stepping back from creative projects. Mm -hmm. And a lot of conversations I'm having are about gardening. It's about mindfulness. It's Mm -hmm. about taking care of your mental health, um, about finding community, 
like this, the center focal point is not their projects necessarily. And I think that says a lot about our collective um, trauma that's happening in these online spaces and the burnout that's collectively happening Mm -hmm. where people are like, I've seen so many artists within the past, like two months say, I'm taking a break. I can't do this anymore. And it's just like, mm-hmm. you know, ultimately I feel like it's great to take breaks, but it's, it's really hard to hear that because at the same time, it means that you've reached a certain point of unhealthiness. That is like, it sucks that we have to get there. It sucks that it gets to this place where it's like the internet was supposed to bring us together. And now we're just kind of like, focused in and not really feeling healthy with it anymore. But the good news is we're turning to dirt and we're (laughs) doing gardening. Like I I've had so many conversations with artists that are like, I'm just trying to steward the land right now. And I'm like, that's ill. That's amazing. (laughs) That is amazing. I love that. I'm Mm. like, I'm just cooking and stretching and And petting chai. That's what I'm up to. <laughs> That's so wholesome and so, so good. We need more cat pets and food cooking. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm curious if there's anything you want to share for folks who are listening around like creating an art practice that supports your mental health, supports your connection to your feelings, to your intuition. Um, yeah. I'd love to hear any thoughts you have. Oh yeah. Um, so I, when I am facilitating art ritual and this is something you can use at any time, um, there are three key, like three key foundations, um, to kind of like engaging in art in a way that can be really wholesome. And of course the top of the priority for me is focus on process, not product. Mm -hmm. Um, every mark is sacred is the second, even the mistakes, especially mistakes, um, quote unquote. And then everything is honored, especially Mm -hmm. emotions. So when we are in our space of art making, it can get us really tapped into our subconscious. So if we're, (laughs) if we're creating, um, Chai agrees. Um, she's here on my lap. (laughs) Um, if, when we're creating, we can kind of slip in and out of our thinking mind. And so emotions can kind of come up when we're working and we might notice certain things coming up for us. And so if you are working on your art in a practice that's really more ritual based or spiritual based, um, really honoring your emotions is really important there. So if you're starting to notice um, your heart fluttering hand over heart while you're drawing can be really helpful. Just like breathing through Um, or even just starting your process with an intention. I think anything can be ritual when we start with intention. And so that's what I try to support in art ritual is creating that sacred container is as simple as like the intention that you bring. So mm-hmm. your intention can be super simple. Like, I just want to feel good in this moment. I want to just create, I want to turn my brain off for like 30 minutes and just scribble. Like all of those things are really valid and allowing that intention to support you coming back to that intention if you need it. But really those three pillars of like 
process, not product. Every mark is sacred and um, everything is honored kind of gives you a good starting point of like engaging with art a little differently so that you're just nurturing your inner artist, your inner child, instead of being really like boxed in with what Mm. you think needs to happen, I think is my big takeaways. Yeah. And that feels so connected to the project we were talking about before we started recording your coloring book. So I'd love to hear if you want to share about that project for folks and what it's like creating it and like how affirmations are, are part of that. Yes, I'd love to. So um, I'm currently working on the Big Feelings Coloring Book, and I am really excited about it. Um, I do a lot of um, channeled drawings, as I like to call them. They're intuitively channeled. So I like to really start. Um, well, I can't say I like to really start because I just let anything happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's like no like blueprint, but I, I do a lot of channeling with my drawings, kind of like listening and tapping in. That's part of my, um, spiritual practice, but my creative practice as a human. And so I've taken some of the drawings that have come through and I'm putting them together for a coloring book right now. A lot of the drawings that I'm picking are kind of leading me to different affirmations. So the energy of different drawings are inspiring the affirmations, Um, but I, I wanted to make a coloring book really just to support adults who are dealing with either mental illness or a mental break, or just going through a hard time, just something to support yourself on my Patreon. I do, um, monthly coloring pages. And so, you know, it's so interesting. A few years back, I worked with Brady, um, for the book planetary pause i had to look at it on my thing <laughs> it was planetary. I have it on my bookshelf somewhere <laughs> i don't see it right now but it's here <laughs> but what inspired me from that project you know i never thought about doing a coloring page, like coloring book with my art but brady in all their wisdom it was a great idea to have a downloadable version so people could print out their own version of the book mm-hmm. and so I saw um, some people coloring in my drawings and it was like such a aha moment. I was like, oh gosh, these are great for coloring. And these are, they're just little black and white doodles. They're perfect for like filling in. And, and I just was so inspired by that. So I started um, when I put together my Patreon, I started having monthly coloring book pages and I thought that was, you know, this will be really supportive, really cute. Um, but as I was thinking about it, as I had my, this process going on and I'm sharing coloring pages, it kind of dawned on me one day, like, oh, what if I made a whole coloring book? and put affirmations in it. And like all of that came down to the mental health um, struggles that I had had a year prior. And so um, with the pandemic, with my now husband losing his job two weeks before the shutdown, with my mental health as a teacher being tested to my very limits, 
um, I found myself in a really, um, to be quite frank, a very scary place. And I'm very thankful that I had um, a really great support system. I'm really thankful my husband, you know, I told him what was happening in my head, made him aware because I was like, this is not who I normally am and I'm not sure how to make it stop. And I think a lot of us, you know, or at least what I'm learning through my own mental health experience is that a lot of us had this problem and that it's not just me. And so through that episode, I took time off of work, mm-hmm. which I'm very proud of myself for doing. Cause I would never have, like, I was like, I'll never take a day off. I always show up, mm-hmm. um, which was incredibly unhealthy. So I finally took two months off I was going to um, group therapy three times weekly. It was so nourishing. I learned a whole lot. I got on medication, got my brain and my heart, my mind, my soul, everything into a different place through these support systems. On the journey, one thing I learned um, in my IOP, my intensive outpatient was there was an app for positive affirmations. And so I downloaded the app immediately. Of course, it was more than affirmations that supported my mental health. Uh, but I will say like having my phone text me a affirmation every hour didn't hurt. It didn't hurt to have that like positive thing, like coming in every hour as I was like, yeah going to therapy, trying different medications and really like coming to terms with, you know, learning how to better support myself, learning how I had not supported myself before um, because I felt like, oh, I don't want to take medication. I don't want to change who I am. I don't want to do these things and kind of limiting my resources. Um I'm just so thankful that that whole experience uh, with the support that I had, um, because it was a huge privilege to take the time off and to be able to take care of myself is something that I'm just so thankful for. Not everyone has. And on the other side of that, seeing what was supportive, what wasn't supportive, including certain mentalities within the spiritual community. I learned like, wow, there's certain things that don't resonate with me anymore. One of the things that I realized was really hurting my mental health was the talk around vibration and Mm -hmm. like being high vibration or low vibration. Like if that resonates with people, that that's one thing, you know, I don't want to yuck somebody's yum, but ultimately I found that that sort of language was really like harming me more. Suddenly it became like, oh, I must like, why can't I fix this in myself? Why can't I say enough mantras? Why can't I do enough? Like, why is me going out for hikes every day, not supporting me? Why is like, I'm listening to beautiful chorus every day. What's wrong with me? And it's like, ultimately, and it's really interesting because I ended up having a conversation with my mom about it and found out she had the exact same thing. 
And she believed in her own, when she was going through her mental health struggles um, in her early thirties, much like mine, Mm -hmm. she had similar thoughts of, if I was a better Christian, I wouldn't feel this way. And then it would just like really hit me. I was like, this is bigger than me. This is not my fault. This is something bigger. And so through that whole like rebirth cycle of myself and my spirituality and figuring what works and what doesn't. Um, I came out on the other side, making a lot of realizations. And so my hope is with this coloring book to support people, because for a lot of people, art making is very scary, but coloring is a great meditation. So it's a great um, initiator into the space of creation but with all that i just said my mindfulness around the what intentions are actually really supportive has been really heightened i have a very big awareness around okay there were certain intentions or affirmations that were being sent to me by my phone where i was like that's just not it and that's no. okay <laughs> that's a no and so one thing that i'm really excited about with this project is i have friends in the mental health field and i want to send them this book and ask them is everything in here good as far as do you think through a mental health perspective that lens this is actually going to be supportive for someone because that's my my biggest hope here is just to create a healing tool that allows people to get creative. There's a little section where you can write down your own affirmations as well. Have that own section mm-hmm. for yourself because that's also really important is empowering your own mm-hmm. healing is finding what supports you. Not everything is going to feel good. I want to make this book as open and and supportive, but also give people space where they can add their own magic. I want to have a page in there that has like a little coloring blip in the corner, but the whole page is for you to write down your own rituals that might be supportive, like having those check-ins. So that's really the intention with that, um, with the big feelings coloring book is like giving yourself a place to put your big feelings because we've been kind of, and I won't even say kind of, we've been going through um, a collective trauma for two years now, and we all just need to give ourselves more space, more acceptance that what supports us today might not support us tomorrow. That's going to look different each and every day. Um, and just having a place where we can turn off our mind and just mm-hmm. tap into something that's not a screen. Cause that's, also so, so difficult. It's just finding the space to turn off our thinking mind that is constantly in like high alert. I feel like a lot of us, including myself, like I have generalized anxiety disorder. So I totally know my brain is going to try and trick me into thinking that I'm uh, in danger when I'm not. And I just need to remind myself that, that my brain is just trying to keep me safe but it's on level 11 (laughs) and I just need to turn it down a little bit so that I can listen to my intuition, be aware of like what my body is really trying to tell me instead of like be in the panic mode of, okay, like, how are we going to get out of here? How are we going to do this? And 
Yeah. So I'm really hoping to share the, the support that I had in just this little way. And so one thing I'm really hoping to do when everything is said and done is to be able to share these, um, these resources, these coloring books with crisis centers. That's why I'm really focused on talking to folks who are in the mental health field and making sure that when I drop these off, they will actually be of service to someone instead of like, you know, maybe having an affirmation that's like, okay, thanks. I'm cured. You know, (laughs) it's like, (laughs) that wasn't actually helpful, Uh, you know, where it's like, instead of focusing on things like I am always manifesting abundance, being more focused on it's safe to be in my body. Cause sometimes that's like such a little foundation that we have to set for ourselves before anything else. And that's been a big lesson from my own um, journey with my mental health. It's been a very um, illuminating journey and I'm just very grateful for the support I have. So had, so I want to make sure that I can share that support with this resource. Yeah. I think it's going to be so beautiful. And I, everything you're saying, I'm just like, yes, that coloring being like a really accessible entry point into connecting back with creativity and making art and just being able to do something with your hands. That's off of a screen. Mm -hmm. That's so supportive for me too. And I'm processing big feelings and just all the time. Yes. (laughs) I also feel like affirmations can get a bad rap and everything is not for everyone, of course, Mm -hmm. but like affirmations don't have to be spiritually bypassy. They just like often are when whatever influencers share them on Instagram, but they don't have Mm -hmm. to be, and they can be so helpful and so personalized, um, and supportive. So yeah, I think, I think that's really lovely. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that and thank you, but I'm glad you mentioned the spiritual bypassy part because that I feel like what has also happened in this time is we've collectively like learned a lot. Like, I feel like a lot of us in the spiritual community have been holding up a mirror and been like, what is this? (laughs) What's actually happening here? What is this? (laughs) (laughs) Like, is this, cause anything can be a tool of support depending on the, the, the veil through which we're using it. Mm -hmm. And so I think that has been a really powerful part of this. Amazon truck. A very powerful part of this is just acknowledging like, oh, I have internalized this and this in a way that it's just like, that doesn't really serve me anymore. Like I'm just ready to let go of those certain things. So like one of my personal, and this is like such a side note, but one of my personal desires for like a tattoo is a snake shedding its skin Mm. and the skin being the flower of life, because Mm. that's how I feel. I've been moving through my spiritual self, through my mental health um, journey has been like, what has really, what has been my weird internalized Christianity coming for me? Cause like I grew up in a very Christian household as well. And so hearing my mother say that, like, I just wasn't a good enough Christian and that's what was hurting her even more. But what I was really, what felt so good is hearing that she said that to a friend and a friend of her said, well, if you needed insulin, you wouldn't think you were a bad Christian for needing insulin. And I was like, 
I'm really glad you had that support in the moment, mom, because that that's like, we all need to always assess our spirituality, no matter what it is. And just always assess what's helping me, what's harming me. And just Mm -hmm. like picking out the stitches, it feels like, like, just like, okay, I'm healing. I don't need this part anymore. Like, what have I outgrown? Right. What no longer like feels true for me. Yeah. Right. And I think it's so okay and important and beautiful to let your spirituality and your spiritual beliefs and practices and all of that to evolve as you do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Lauren, can you um, tell us where we can find you, follow you, all of those things online? Absolutely. Um, So I am subnormal child on Instagram, Facebook, um, everywhere, really. Um, You can find my page. I have a Patreon where we do a lot of this work around SEL infused art for adults. We have lots of options there as well as like journaling our creativity prompts, rather sketchbook prompts all at Patreon forward slash subnormal child. Um, you can also connect with me. And as I talk to artists with spiritual practices on the podcast, uh, subnormal podcast on Spotify and all places, and it's subnormal child everywhere, all one word, all lowercase. Um, yay. <laughs> one last little chirp. <laughs> yes, go follow. <laughs> I hope your chirps are coming through in the recording. (laughs) I really hope so too, because they're very like poignant and very powerful. And I love it so, so much. I was like, pay attention to this part. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, that's where you can find me. And I'm always um, coming out with new offerings uh, for work around grounding or child work, using art as your tool to support you in your spiritual processes. Amazing. (laughs) I want to ask you the last question I always ask on this show, Mm. which is just what does living open mean to you? What comes up when you hear that? Mm. Living open feels to me like living heart-centered um, and with heart trust, living with um, a certain connection, knowing that it is okay to trust. It's okay to allow the world to open its arms to you mm. and not live in that anxiety that keeps you afraid of what the world might do to you instead. I think that's been a big process for me and like relearning my connection is anxiety is something we all have and we don't have to just eradicate it, but we can allow it to not drive the bus, but Mm -hmm. instead be on one of the rows as we're living heart centered and open. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for sharing and for being here. It's so good to talk to you again. Same. Thank you for having me. And I'm so excited to share your conversation on my podcast. Yay. (laughs) I'm excited for that too. 
Thank you so much for listening. If you loved this episode, please do tap five stars and leave us a nice review on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. I appreciate it so, so much. And it's a really lovely way to be in exchange with the show, with an indie podcast. You can check out all the links mentioned in this episode in the description, and I'll be back on Monday with another episode. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss it and stay in touch on Instagram at E-R-Y-N-J underscore or Patreon until then.